Investors are holding their breath as the U.S. is preparing to reveal what could be one of the most crucial jobs reports of the year. So welcome. This is Swiss Codes Daily Market Talk. It's the jobs day and we can't wait to see how many jobs the U.S. economy added last month and also how much the Americans got paid. Now, remember, for a moment this year, I mean, for most of this year, we were rather focused on inflation numbers in the U.S. and elsewhere as inflation was all that mattered for the Federal Reserve expectations. And inflation indeed fell, and it fell thanks to a significant downside correction that we saw in energy prices compared to last year, and also due to these waning supply chain disruptions around the globe due to COVID, which resulted in higher supply post-COVID. But now it becomes increasingly clearer to everyone that we are gently coming toward the end of what we could get actually from this post-COVID normalization and, well, the energy prices. So the U.S. jobs market must do the rest of the heavy lifting if the Federal Reserve wants to see the inflation numbers return and steady around that 2% monetary policy target. So that what makes the U.S. employment and the unemployment numbers critical for investors yet again. And it's exciting. So I'm reading now in the news that today's data could actually be one of the most important, most critical jobs data of the year. Not because September was an important month, because it was not important per se, but just because the US bond and the US equity markets are now coming to a crossroads because the U.S. two-year yield pretty much refuses to lose the 5% mark from sight, while the U.S. 10- and 30-year yields claim a rise toward the 5% level on expectations that inflation in the U.S. would be higher for longer, and that would obviously require the interest rates in the U.S. to stay higher for longer. So the S&P 500, on the other hand, is waiting in ambush a few points above that critical 200-day moving average average level, which stands near the 42.05 as of today. So just below that level at 41.80, the major 38.2% Fibonacci retracement is waiting to judge whether the S&P 500 could remain in the positive trend or otherwise, well, the index will actually sink its state into a medium-term bearish consolidation zone, and we could see losses extend from the actual level. So the S&P 500 kicked off this year, remember, at around the 38.50 level, and gains for a good part of the S&P 493 have already well vanished. So today's data, today's jobs data in the US could help investors in finding the next direction for the S&P 500 or the S&P 493. The US economy is expected to have added 170,000 new non-farm jobs in September. And actually, that does make sense as last Last month's figures stood at the 187,000 level, and we expect these numbers to gently come down moving forward. So last year's average remains at a strong 270,000 job additions per month, but the last six-month average is down to 235,000 additions in average 
per month and the last three month average is slightly below the 200,000 job additions. Now the wages growth on the other hand is seen steady at around the 4% level that's still above the actual CPI number which stands near the 3.7% level in the US and that should ideally come down as well but with people asking pay rise up to 40% and I'm looking at you Detroit automakers we are not ready to see that number ease significantly just yet so today a reasonable wages growth data combined with another NFP number which would be below 200,000 uh, preferably near the expectation of 170,000 new non-farm jobs or ideally lower than that should pour some cold water on bond yields especially on the longer portion of the US yield curve but the impact of a cool down in US sovereign markets today or moving forward doesn't necessarily mean that the US stocks are out of the woods just yet because for stocks to continue to perform well well, the earnings expectations should keep up with the rising U.S. yields. And if the U.S. economy is slowing, and that's a signal that we could actually get from eventually softening jobs numbers, well, investors may still remain reluctant to return to the stock markets. Because look at Ford. Ford, for example, announced that its electric F-150 Lightning sales actually fell more than 45% in the third quarter this year more than 45% so with the end of the strikes not necessarily at sight for Ford sell-off in Ford shares accelerated below the $12 per share level and it is now approaching the critical post-COVID support of around $11 per share level anyway that's for Ford but zooming out of Ford and automakers the stocks are in a hot seat due to the rising real yields that offer better returns to investors which obviously become increased increasingly more reluctant to take risks. For what, right? And Barclays told an inconvenient truth out loud yesterday and it was all over the place. It was all over the news. They simply said that only a stock market crash can rescue the bond market and that there is no magic level of yields that when reached will automatically draw in enough buyers to spark a sustained bond rally. And the 5% level actually looks good for the US 10-year yield, for example. Yes, but some big bond investors out there think that it is not enough in case that inflation remains high for long. And some investors actually bet that the yields should continue to rise toward the 6% mark. Now, in the series of keeping up with the Federal Reserve members, Richmond Fed President Barkin said yesterday that there is actually a lot of fiscal issues out there that's creating a lot of supply that's something that we know and that combined with the strong economic data of lately and the federal reserve's quantitative tightening well the increased treasury issues sure contributes to pushing yields higher and on the other hand san francisco fed president mary Daly actually told uh, the markets that the federal reserve could refrain from raising the interest rates again as the latest meltdown that we see in the U.S. sovereign bonds market has had about the same effect and one more interest rate hike from the Fed. 
Now going into the data, activity in funds futures gives around 78% chance for another post in the Fed's November meeting. It appears that traders are now betting historic sums on the outcome of the November meeting. And that outcome obviously depends on jobs and inflation numbers. So I stop here and I let the numbers talk. In the energy market as well, the oil sell-off extended to a second day and oil prices fell in five over the past six days of trading. The barrel of US crude hit the $82.5 per barrel level at yesterday's trading session. The sell-off could extend toward the $80 per barrel level no matter what if the market narrative remains growth and global demand. So in case of a soft set of US jobs data today, the economic slowdown fears around the world would boost the oil bears. And in case of strong jobs data out today, well, the hawkish Federal Reserve expectations would fan the recession worries and push these oil prices toward $80 per barrel level. I, however, don't see the barrel of crude sink below that $80 per barrel psychological level without OPEC intervening, at least verbally. So this is all for this week. I'm Ipek Özkardeşköy and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again next week and until then good day trading and have a lovely weekend.